What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Daddy Gills, and today we have Miss Nubia Negra, a.k.a. Envy Lixis. Did I say everything right? Did I say everything right? Uh, you almost got the Envy part. It's Envy-licious, but it's okay. Ah, dang. I knew I was going to get something wrong right off the bat. So the L-I-X-I-O-U-X-X spells uh, luscious. Yes, it's like an alternative because apparently everybody has a username with the name that. So I was like, okay, how do I change the spelling but still have something similar to that? So that's how it came about, the X's. I like it, though. That's like a real unique way to spell that word right there. It's kind of like that R&B artist Blast. It's spelled B-L-X-S-T. But okay. it's like... Like how, how like how do I say that when you see it come across the screen on Sirius XM or what have you? You're like, man, how do I say? It? Is it blessed or is it blast? But it's just like a unique twist on a name that you know you would look at it and like you would you would know immediately what it is. But instead, there's a twist to it which makes it unique. So that's what makes Envy Luscious unique. So shout out to that. Okay. So what's been going on with you? I, I'm excited to have you on a podcast. Finally, it's been, you know, a long time coming and, you know, I'm, I'm glad to finally be able to make it on your schedule. What's been going on with you? Thank you. Well, first and foremost, I would like to thank my lovely followers. Um, thanks for dropping my name. When you DM me, I was like, whoa, this, did it just happen? Like I was just talking about getting into podcasting and doing something for myself. And then you're in my DM. So first and foremost, muchas gracias. Love you. Um, Absolutely. Uh, but I'm just a busy girl. I'm super ambitious. Um, I was at the nail salon yesterday, and I was just telling the person who was doing my nails, the nail tech, how I came back to East LA to buy a property in real estate. And she's like, oh, that's so good. But I was like, but my long-term goal is to have a nail salon, you know? So behind that comes a lot more work than people will even think about. <laughs> Oh, oh, I believe it, man. In any kind of business that you want to create, there's always going to be a ton of work that, you know, otherwise a lot of people, they wouldn't know about. And I think that's like with everything when it comes to something that you enjoy doing. Entrepreneurship, it involves a lot of work behind the scenes that people will never see, but it's something that you enjoy doing. So it seems effortless, but people will just think by outside, being on the outside looking in that like it's something that's easily being done but in actuality you're like no i'm like busting my ass actually it's a 24 hour seven days a week of trial and error and just learning and especially when you want to be your own boss and have employees like there's a lot of laws that come about that you need to be aware of so a lot of things a lot of people are like oh you just go to nail school and become a nail tech i was like not if you want to be a boss and make moves like you really need to know the law you need to know your um statistics your opponents uh, so stuff like that so there's actually a lot of research that goes behind Oh, yeah, 100%. And if you don't do all that research, then you end up finding out anyways down the line because <laughs> you'll end up running into some kind of issue and they're like, oh, well, this 
is what was supposed to be done before opening this business. And you're like, oh, snap. So now you got some kind of fine or something that, you know, otherwise you wouldn't have had if you did your research. And I mean, I, we're, we're going through all that stuff right now. Me and Mama Goods, because she's um, opening a uh, like a microblading tattooing business, oh. right, for eyebrows. Mm -hmm. ombre powder brown all that stuff right but like man the process that you have to go through to get to the opening door stage is absolutely nuts you got to wait on like fire marshal permits and all kinds of different inspections you're like wow like you got to do all this before opening the doors yes i mean just yesterday i got slapped with an additional 900 property tax bill i was like on top of what i already pay i was like that's almost a grand that you're asking for. I was like, but that's what comes with the territory, you know, stuff like that. So me wanting to own real estate and a salon, it's a learning process. Absolutely. What do you think makes you such an entrepreneur? I think I'm just a go-getter. You know, I'm an LA native. I'm not a transplant. No offense, anybody else. But when you grow up in the hood hood, and you see how everyone around the world comes to the area that you're living. There's just no excuse for you not wanting to do anything for yourself. And I think it's also a cultural background thing. Um, I'm Mexican because my parents came over, but I'm part Spanish and Egyptian. So there's a little bit of a, I'm a mix, but my morals um, really are instilled by my parents and they came over with no papers and there's just no way that I can't do anything with my life when they've been able to somehow, some way achieve the American dream, owning property, making an empire, getting their papers fixed, like little things like that. I was like, whoa, if they can do it, then I can do it times two. That really truly is the American dream right there. When you have a Mexican family who, you know, they, they get into uh, America and then all they want is better to better their family's life. Like it's really, truly inspiring, you know, because I, I have family members like that as well that, you know, they got here, you know, by, you know, having to go through the unthinkable to get in the United States in the, in the first place. So, you know, hats off to your parents for, you know, starting empires and, you know, instilling real entrepreneurship within you. And you could truly see it, too, because it seems like you, Nubia, you're somebody who, like, when you see an opportunity in front of you, you just run with it. And it seems like that's what's happening with you and your, your foot modeling career as well. Yes. You know what? I think the universe works in mysterious ways. And the whole reason behind me um, buying a nail salon and just this whole crazy idea, it's because I have a dear passion for the arts. And that's an expressive way, you know, and not only that, but I have a disability that kind of plays to it. So my nails are really mean something and are part of my identity. And I know I'm not the only one that identifies with that. It's a whole community, regardless of what gender you identify. So it is actually a community of one. So I think I came about having run in, into soulful discussions, having my video post post up. I kid you not, like working in education, it is the complete opposite from what I'm doing now. But around the time I was approached from Soulful, I was on this quest of I'm going to open the salon and this opportunity just landed on my lap. And I said, OK, like, I'll do this interview. Like, no one will see it. You know, 
next to you know it blows up. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, what the? And you know, and little insecurities that I had of like my toes or the little things with being a darker complexion woman. Um, like they started changing and I started reading the comments. It was like nothing but a, like a positive outcome. And I was like, Hmm, like, is this something that's been calling me this whole time? But I've always just kind of scurried away. Absolutely. And I feel like that's the beauty of soulful discussions channel is that he's, you know, approaching women in public and, you know, from the sounds of it, everybody says that, you know, he's very respectable and he approaches them in um, a very kind manner. And it seems like like him, like approaching these people is like it is like a, a divine connection of some kind. And it definitely had to have been that with you being somebody in education and, you know, being very, you know, serious about that lifestyle. But then on the other hand, being somebody who's an entrepreneur and wants to start a nail salon and know more about, you know, the, the, the feet in general and to be able to grow a love for your feet more, especially like you said, like you had some, some insecurities about it and, and look at you now, because really what it's doing is highlighting one of the most beautiful parts of the body. And it's showing you that, man, there's so much more to be appreciative about yourself even. Yes. And I, I think when Soulful came over and just approached me in regards to like, hey, I have this YouTube channel. He ran the questions over me and said, there is a connection between feet and mental health. And I absolutely agreed with that. And that was like, I need to talk to you, you know, and sure enough, like the first video was a success. And, you know, he DM'd me and was like, I need you back, you know, and I was like, Oh, yeah, like, why not? So it's just developed to this beautiful friendship where, you know, hopefully in the future, like we'll collab together when I have my salon and he has more models and also like normalizing feet. Like, come on, you guys, like we normalize boobs and butt and hands, but we can't normalize feet. Like, come on, it's, it's absurd. It's really kind of crazy how taboo it is when you think about it. Because as like common as it should be, it's the number one banned commodity on Instagram. I kid you not. I have experienced that firsthand this past week, you know, being shadow banned for whatever I said or a hashtag, which is just, just ridiculous. Yeah, I was like, like I said, like we can normalize so many things and so many like reality stars, but we can't say like I know there was a comment uh, a shady comment thrown like at Larsa Pippen for like selling feet pics. And I was like, girl's doing her shit. What's wrong with that? She can't get those surgically fixed if, unless she gets like a certain procedure, but that's like her natural stuff. Like if she's taking care of business, it's the same thing as being a hand model. So what is like this huge fuss? What is the huge taboo about something that is useful and part of our bodies? No, no kidding. That's for real. And, and guys, <laughs> guys, I know that the guys would gladly sell pictures of their D if it wasn't so like, like sent um, unsolicited automatically by most of them anyways. Like if guys didn't send unsolicited D pics, you'd probably be able to sell those. Like there might be a market for that, but you know. yeah, but they're too acceptable in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you think that um, guys in general are just are too accessible or? I think. 
anybody that wants to show off their goods, it's a clear reflection of their insecurities within themselves or it's an ego thing. So if you look about it in an emotional standpoint, it says a lot about yourself without even telling me anything. Do you feel like people in general should just be more reserved in just in general? I mean, you wouldn't you say if I ran into Adriana Chechnik in the freaking street and I was like, hey, can I fuck you? <laughs> what is she going to say? Okay, can I show you my dick right now and show you how big I am? No, it's the same thing as a fit model. It's all about respect and boundaries. And I think people just have a hard time understanding what boundaries are. And that just has come to light with COVID, I think. A lot of like mental health and boundaries and whatnot. But in in my opinion, like just be respectful, you know, and you don't see girls like flashing you to impress you, right? Like it's the complete opposite. It's like, hey, wine and dine me, pick up my brain. Can it be the same thing for a, a girl to be like, oh, let me let me like think like how big you are or let me like be creative, you know, like let me, you know, like double. Absolutely. Yeah. You see, if I, I think for guys in a lot of ways, guys or and women too, everybody for that matter, everybody likes a challenge of some kind. Usually when it seems too easy to get you back away a little bit in, in general. So the fact that um, a lot of times people do come off as like eager and accessible that right there alone, you know, could be the reason why somebody will want to back off because it's like, whoa, like, you know, like you're being kind of aggressive right now. Uh-huh. And when there's no shame in being determined and aggressive and be like, oh, I'm going to get that guy. I'm going to get that girl. But do it tastefully and where boundaries are respected. That's just my thing. It's just all about personal space, if you ask me. Like, you, if, I, if someone said, like, hey, can I touch your feet? I'll be like, can I touch your ass? Right. <laughs> right? I was like, well, you're touching me and I'm touching you. So it's like it's an equal, equal. But they would feel uncomfortable, right? They would be like, oh, it's not, oh, no, you know? Right. No, I hear you. It, it, it seems like uh, in a lot of ways, you're somebody who you, you match people's energy in a lot of ways. I read people really well. I don't know if it's because I've worked with senior citizens myself. I've worked with special needs kids. I worked with the general populations. I really have gotten to see how the world works. So why am I going to waste your time? I'm going to just be blunt and straight and honest. I hear you on that. And shout out to that. Do you feel like working with uh, special needs children has like changed you in, in any kind of way? Oh, for sure. I wouldn't be as social and easy to approach. Like that is one of my gimmicks. It's you're easy to speak to, or I feel like I can tell you anything and I won't feel judged. So when you come across scenarios when you're working with like heavily autistic children or children with disabilities and foster cares and just really sad stories, you can't help but to empathize and understand like, is it humans or is it kids? Is it environment? Is it genetic? So you really get to see the world in a different perspective because we're like nurses and doctors and therapists. You play so many roles that I think it makes you more friendly. And it's it's almost like you're more trusted as well. Like, oh, she's a teacher. There's no harm in that for the most part. 
Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, there is a lot of trust put into teachers in general. And uh, and that that could be kind of a sketchy thing too, though. <laughs> like especially these days, man. Because it's like, man, who's my kid around? Like most of the day, because kids are around their teachers, like dang near more than they're at home. You know, with the schooling systems. Yes. No, you're right. And that's something that I got to understand at a really young age. I started working in the school system since I was like 21. So for over a decade, I had played many roles as an education specialist, and that has allowed me to see the good, the bad, the ins and out of admin and of uh, kids and the way they function, you know. But working in special education, I think, has really like given me a soft spot um, where I feel like when I was younger, I was a little bit more harsh and rigid. Like I want to be like that fucking chola chick and be like, eh. but now I'm just like, oh, like you can tell they're autistic. Oh, and then like I'll make small talk. I'll be like, oh, are you excited to get on the ride? And, you know, and they'll do the little thing. And it just makes me happy that they can fit in. Absolutely. You could tell that you're like really, really to the heart a spicy Latina, like don't mess with me type of Latina. Yes. And that gets me in trouble a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some examples. Um, Men don't like that, especially this like toxic masculinity. Um, I grew up with three brothers. I grew up in mm. the fucking hood. Like I, you know, I had friends in the pen that I write to. I have friends that have done time and I hang out with and they would be like, man, you were just mean. I was like, try being a girl in the hood and getting picked on. And then you like turn pretty and next thing you know, you're like chased and harassed. Like you got to do the bear tactic, you know? Um, when I started my first, my uh, the Instagram, I think within the first two or three months, I was hanging out with a friend and like you, you mentioned it, I'm a Latina and I can drink. Okay. So <laughs> that's just like a recipe to like a big F you eventually. So I was mm. hanging out with a friend and had problems with her ex. This mother, uh, I mean, this sucker <laughs> uh, <laughs> came over the house and was just being stupid. And I was pretty drunk and he was like six something, almost 300 pounds. And here's like petite little me. And he was coming at me. He was like physically trying to hurt me. And I went from like nice girl to like, you know, what's up? What's up, man? Like, you know, like face to face, like, you know, chest to chest, like, you know, and, and it almost seems stupid, but that worked. He backed off and I fucking had him in a headlock at one point. I was like, do not fuck with me. I was like, I'm from fucking East LA. Do not bring that side out of me. But other than that, I'm really nice. See, growing up in the hood, it's like you become such a chameleon that you may not even recognize it because sometimes you do have to, you know, you know, adjust your, like how you are around people just depending on like how aggressive they are or how disrespectful they are. Like sometimes you have to put your foot down and show them who you are, because if you don't, then you end up just getting walked all over. And what was interesting to me was you saying like, Hey, you know, I got friends of all kind. I even got a friend who, you know, I write to in the pen. And when you grow up in, 
the inner city in the actual hood like you you do end up with all kinds of friends from all kinds of different walks of life and you know oftentimes you do have somebody who's you know independent you know it actually really shows that you're somebody who really cares about others because like if you can just think and imagine what people in the pen are going through mentally like it's got to be one of the most lonely places of all time it's like complete torture and i'm a nerd and i'm obsessed with documentaries and narcos and like different jails from all around the world I mean, psychology-wise, it's just interesting, you know? Um, but just to really put myself in that scenario, like, I share, like, I suffer from my share of mental illnesses, and there are times that I need to ground myself. So even seeing these documentaries, that makes me feel like, oh, I can, like, sip wine and do a podcast, and these people are in the jail cell, like, 24 hours a day. So well, I was like, what am I going to complain about now? Absolutely. Now, you started a podcast because I know that's something you want to do. Is there like an idea of like the kind of like direction you would want to take a podcast? I think I'm multifaceted and I believe that being Latina, I can bring so much more to the plate and bring awareness to a lot of things that weren't spoken about. And especially being like a first generation Latina that went to college or grew up in the hood or it's owning real estate or, you know, little things like that. And people tell me, you have a lot of stories to tell. So we want to hear them. Yeah, no, totally. And I couldn't agree more. Well, let's do a footmercial and we'll come back and we will uh, show the viewers the full screen here. And be sure, everybody, if you are watching this live right now, that we appreciate you. Smash that like button if you love Nubia, Miss Envy Luscious. And shout out to uh, Soulful Discussions, too, because this is how I was introduced to Miss Nubia and shout out to my uh, viewer who messaged me about this as well you know who you are if you're watching this on YouTube again smash that like button also this video is available on Spotify so if you got Spotify you can watch it there Apple Podcasts the audio is available Google Podcasts all those places and I got her IG and Twitter information right there. It's Envy Luscious. It's spelled E-N-V-Y-L-I-X-I-O-U-X-X. I hope I got that right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Solid, solid, solid. All right. We're back. We're back. All right. Shout out to the to the close up, man. I, I love that you you got the foot cam popping right now. By the way, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm serious about this. You know, next thing you know, I'll just be everywhere. That's why, like, it's just not Nubia Negra. It's Nubia Negra Ventures because I just can see myself being a chameleon, like you said, and just doing a bunch of things. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. That's a great branding idea right there. And we spoke about that when we had a a conference call not too long ago, we spoke about you being somebody who really is serious about branding the things that you do. And mm-hmm. so that's actually a really great idea right there. And you can, I guess, like tie a whole bunch of businesses into that, your real estate, the nail salon, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, ultimately that's the goal. I mean, I, 
I, I felt that there was no better way to have a nail salon without getting into the fit community. Like it just made sense that this was going to be a learning path to get there. So to me, the whole ventures is I have different um, business plans. Like I said, it's just the real estate, the entrepreneurship. Um, I just see myself in like different lights and hopefully like one day being a motivational speaker and just making things just different. Like that is my purpose in life to bring some light into the darkness because we're living in interesting times right now. Like there's a huge shift and all of us are like, what the fuck is going on here? There is a huge shift going on right now. And I don't know exactly how to title that shift, but you know, it's, it feels spiritual more than anything. And it seems like if you're somebody who has felt like you dealt with some kind of struggle in the past, or you feel like you're one of those people who things just would never go your way before in the past, it seems like this year, everything is going your way. Yes. And I am definitely one to say like, I had it hard. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I grew up in the hood. Like I've had good times in my life, but I've had bad times in my life. And this year finally was a good year, you know, for like the last two or three years, uh, you know, for the spiritual person, it's like my Saturn return came and fucking slapped me in the face. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, um, but I'm heading in a different direction. This whole like modeling kind of came about and people have been telling me for years actually to model but i did not want to get caught up in the whole la life like i'm vanidosa just into my looks i did not want to turn into that person because i see what that turns into you know so hum like staying humble was a must for me so you could tie everything in together and this is something that like i always you know, think to myself about, and I, I try to tell others and look, I'm not like the perfect, like marketing consultant or nothing like that. But in a lot of ways, sometimes you have to tie gimmick into business. And for those who say you, you should never tie gimmick into business. Like, dude, like there's a fine line on like just straight up fake gimmick or just like a, a business idea gimmick that catches people attention. And mm -hmm. I mean, every it's used everywhere. Like even on YouTube, there's clickbait. Well, okay, that's that's there's some gimmick in there in the clickbait, but you, it gets you to click, right? But once you're there, they got you where they want you, and now they could talk about whatever they want, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know you're right, and that's what branding my image is all about is going against that. So, as everybody sees on my page, they're like, we can't like really pinpoint you like what you are because like one day you'll post a picture of your souls next thing you'll have heels and next thing you know you'll have art you know right and i'm the, but that's just a reflection of like i'm not just gonna be this i'm like telling you i'm this plus all of all of this you know this is just like a part of my life right if you can learn to appreciate this one part of me then you should be able to learn to appreciate all the other talents that I possess. Yeah. And I think that's the marketing that's different for me because it's genuine. I'm not here to be fake. I'm not here to be like, do clickbaits and be like, oh, this and that. I was like, hey, you like me? You like my vibe? Come check me out. Simple as that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Hey, vibes on point. That's why I uh, titled this episode. Uh, I think I called it vibes on point. Now I got to check. Did I, did I call it vibes on point? <laughs> Hold on time. I would have. I said, all right, everybody work with me. What vibes? I did call it vibes on point. Daddy goes with the memory today. Um, yeah, man. And that's so real, though. You know, you show them what kind of vibes that you're working with. And that's what separates you from the rest in a lot of ways. And that's another thing that people really enjoyed about your interviews on Soulful Discussions is that, you know, when they clicked on it, you know, they were like, wow, this person, you know, she's a well-spoken person. She's a very down-to-earth, real, genuine a lot of times people, they see a spicy Latina, right? And they automatically think like, oh, like she's probably a rude person or, you know, she doesn't look approachable in a lot of ways. But that's just the thing. Like, hey, man, sometimes you just got to find out on your own. Yeah, I know when B approached me, I greeted him with a smile and I was like, hi. And then he, he told me and I was like, you know what? My little brother has a YouTube channel, so I'm going to support you because that's what we do. You know, and yeah. that to him was just, he, he was literally shocked. He's like, okay. And I'm all about supporting people and supporting my raza. And like, that's what people enjoy about me. It's not about my ego trip. I don't need to feel my ego. My ego has been fulfilled in other ways. My thing is, like I said, like I have a purpose on this earth and it's a positive thing. And if I can bring to light, like some people are like, hey, thanks for talking about like depression and anxiety. Sometimes I don't know who to talk to. And I'm, you know, and it's totally normal to be a functioning anxiety with, you know, chronic depression. Look at me. Like I look perfectly fine, right? I look perfectly fine, but I, ha I have, I suffer from a lot of things and especially my disability, which has totally changed my mind frame the last few years. And it's made me even more humble. And that's one reason why I was able to relate to special needs kids so easily was because I was like, I have a disability too. You just can't see it technically. I hear you. Are you public with your disability? Yes, I am. Um, that's part of the reason where um, I was open to talking to soulful discussions. And that's actually one of the reasons why I always have my feet done. Um, I have a rare neurological condition, which stems from the epilepsy family. And it's called PKD. And what it is, it's just like a rare form of epilepsy where I'm fully conscious. Um, I've been I've been misdiagnosed because it was, was rare. Um, and then I've been diagnosed correctly. So I've been suffering for about almost 20 years with the condition, uh, which is almost two thirds of my life, to be quite honest. So I only experienced like a normal childhood. Um, and this is just simply as moving, you know, mm -hmm. like reaching over is something that can just cause an episode and there's not a lot of research in, in it and it's hard. And I remember being diagnosed when I was 15 and this is back in the early 2000s. Like we don't have a lot of like the internet is like dial up, you know, like, you know, those right. times. you know, like it's, we're kind of old school in that sense. So, the little research that I did, I was able to educate myself. Um, it's been this much time and uh, some progress has been made, but I don't think it's enough. And I don't think it's fair for people to suffer in silence 
And I don't think it's fair for people to make fun of other people because they have a disability. So that's part of the reason why I was so open to doing uh, soulful discussions. Yeah, I hear you. And that makes great sense right there. And I couldn't agree more, man. You should never, ever, you know, talk about people with some kind of disability down upon them or them in some kind of way. It's kind of like Justin Bieber, right? He he has a rare disease on a, um, that causes him to have a numbness on the side of his face, right? He puts out a video and there's tons of people, you know, like making memes about it, like making all kinds of jokes about it. And I'm just like, man, I am blown away by how disgusting some people can be about somebody's disability. And I don't care how well off somebody is, rich somebody is, or in a good life position they are, man. Like when somebody's suffering with a disability, like all that stuff goes out the window. Do like this, you know, can take somebody's life, you know, this disability, or even even if it can't take somebody's life, just the fact that somebody has to suffer with that in general. It's crazy. Like you never know what people are going through, you know, behind closed doors or inside their own minds. So it's better to just treat people with kindness in a lot of ways. So, yeah, smile. And that's one of the reasons why I was so allured into the education field, because I was one of those very few teachers or like, you know, staff members that can relate to these kids and be like, I'm not going to judge you. I'll be like, you know. Like, let's, let's take a walk. Like, I, I'm tired of these adults, too. Like, come on. Like, like let's go, you know? Yeah. And I'm always, like, the young and, like, the cool one, you know? And always be, like, the pretty one. And everybody would always love my nails and my toenails. And they would be like, what color did you get today, miss? Like, what color design? And that was, like, the highlight of my day. Like, and that's when I really I, um, realized that nails make a difference. Like, people notice you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh well, since we're talking about nails, what kind of petty do you got going on today? I have a kind of like a pastel multicolored petty um uh, for Pride Month. Oh yeah, shout out shout out to everybody celebrating Pride Month. That's what's up. That's cool. So loud and proud uh member of the LGBTQ yes. community over here. That's yes. what's up. How, yeah. how how long have you um like, when did you discover that you were whatever you I, are? I identify as bisexual. Um, I've known since I was, like, five or six. Wow. Wow. I knew at a very young age I was just attracted to women. And um, obviously being Mexican and my parents being, like, super Catholic, well, at least my mom, um, and then transitioning to Christianity, like, you hear all this taboo-ness, and then there comes me. I was like, hmm. So I remember being the black sheep of my family and just being like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. So I remember when uh, Katy Perry's song came out, like I kissed a girl and I was like, I want to kiss a girl. So it was around that time where I had my first kiss and I was like, I kind of like this, you know? So in my mid twenties, I did go on a binge and I would go to Wehu and to the lesbian bars and I had my little encounters with a, a few girls. That's awesome. That's good right there. I, I, I'm always very amazed by everybody's story when they, when they realize that, you know, they were a part of that community. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, those people are seriously very brave people. And I know there's probably tons of individuals who, 
you know, they may they may not have came out with that yet or are not fully sure yet of what they are. But, you know, I, I, I love that there's so much support gathering around, you know, the, the idea of people being loud and proud about who they are. So shout out to you for that right there. Yeah, yeah. it's always um, it's always a very good weapon when I can threaten my boyfriends or my ex-boyfriends and be like, you know, I can steal your ex or your bitch right now. <laughs> Hey, but you know what though? Like, how fun would it be to to have a a woman in your life? And I'm talking to the guys right now. Like, if she was by, like, dude, like, oh, trust me, I've that line, so it's interesting. What I mean, like, is like, isn't that a possibility, or do you, or do you think, like, you know, that's like stepping out of the boundaries of respect? I think polyamory takes a lot and I think it depends on the type of person that you are. I have actually previously had experience in, in a relationship with um, open relationships and polyamory and it taught me a lot and I had to educate myself about boundaries and again, learning more about the human mind. So in reality, it turned me more into like a sex positive person and, and almost help me become more empathetic towards others needs and me not feeling jealous and that's a huge thing because jealousy is hard and i, I know latinas don't like to share i know that firsthand yeah. and you know i was the type of girl that i would be like bye have fun i'll have my phone right I, I, you know, I was like, you could do whatever the fuck you want. As long as it stays within these like boundaries that we have, go have fun because you can be Beyonce, Shakira, the best looking girl in the world. Somehow, some way your heart's going to be broken. Right. You know, and you're going to have a public scandal and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, I think in society, the way we were raised, we were just raised to be married. And like, if you have sex with another person, it's like the end of the world. And it's like, it's not really like that. Sometimes it's a one-time thing. Sometimes you just need to get it out of your system. So for you, sex doesn't always have to be tied to emotion. No, it doesn't. And I think it comes from a different point of experience and the sense of, I was constantly cheated. I've had just like really bad scenarios and it led me to be a very miserable, bitter person. And I yeah. did not like that. And um, a lot of people are like, wow, you're so confident. You're about, I was like, well, having an open relationship and making myself feel accepted and comfortable in my own skin with my own flaws will make you a confident person. It's like that person's going to stay. They'll stay. That person's going to leave. Five more are going to be coming in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think you can't base your life around how much sex that you get. And I think a lot of times people, they don't realize how really non-significant, you know, sex can be. And they they that's all they are focused on they want to go to the nightclubs every weekend just because they want to go and get laid and yeah i get it all that is fine and dandy and it, it could be fun but man at some point like that is going to get tiring it, it is dangerous too not to mention yeah. that part <laughs> exactly you know? it's it's dangerous it's time consuming people don't understand that so i was like okay fine i was like if you want to go out you want to go have fun go do it. Have fun wasting all your energy because I'm here. 
but that's just the type of confidence I have, you know? So when me and my ex, um, the whole reason we even start the relationship open, he told me from the get-go, like, look, I can't stay faithful to girls. And you seem like a very open-minded person, and I don't want to hide that from you. And I appreciated the honesty from being constantly cheated on. And I was like, that is an adventure I want to explore. And that's, again, it's part of the ventures part. Like people just see a nice smile and a spicy Latina. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, she's so vanilla. And it's like, oh no, I've, I've, I've experienced a lot of things, you know. Um, but the person I was seeing was like 15 years my senior. Mm. So that was very interesting to see um, how an older gentleman thinks, you know. So I went from like having being cheated on with like someone my age. So I was like, went to the complete opposite and it turned out that that person just had commitment issues. So it, it wasn't me all along. It's always them. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you could definitely appreciate one's honesty when they come out with information like that. And a lot of times it is <clears throat> probably like the, the individuals who have progressed a little more in life because it does take a very uh, mature person to be able to tell somebody that you're talking to like hey i i have a difficulty with staying you know committed to one single person and i mean i'm not necessarily mad at that because i think that like you said how this uh, marriage construct that has been pretty much like you know um indoctrinated in us like i don't even think i don't know if that's natural like us as like human beings just as a species like are we really supposed to be tied down like that our, our main goal just like any animals is probably to you know uh duplicate to reproduce and have more offspring yeah no you're right and that's why when he told me that i was like okay well first of all thanks for being honest and me not catching you over social media like kissing another girl and just going through like the troubles of that. And that was very traumatizing at a young age for me. And I was like, I never want to be that person again. So they're like, you know, he told me this, this, and that. I was like, okay. So I educated myself. I read books, Ethical Slut, amazing book, you know? Okay. It's called Ethical Slut. It tells you about how to be in an open relationship, how to respect boundaries. And again, emotions are boundaries. It's something that requires maturity because not a lot of people can understand that. So being in an open relationship or allowing people, you know, someone to see a, a, someone else requires a lot of like emotional maturity within yourself. Oh man, 100%. And you also got to... I feel like you also have to be at a point where you know, like, okay, I've been in a relationship for some time and I know that I am, I am good with this one person as far as everything relationship wise go. But, you know, now I kind of want to do some exploring out there on, you know, on the side, but in by on the side, I don't mean like behind a partner's back, but, you know, to be able to go out there and, you know, have some fun or what have you. Like, that's a whole nother, like, mindset that both parties involve, you and your partner. You have to, like, actually have the understanding that it's just fun and 
that person's not out there looking for love. I think that's where it gets messed up is that people a lot of times they they sell dreams to other people and they give them this uh, false sense of uh, truth. And then when they go out there and mess around, they they feel betrayed in a lot of ways. And that's just all it is at the end of the day is a uh, a bad line of communication, you know. And I was able to figure that out at a really young age. I was 20 or 21 when I learned that the hard way, you know. And like I said, like being Mexican, we're so embedded into like you get married and you do this and this is your household rules and you 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 stay monogamous and X, Y and Z. I'm like, I don't believe on that shit. I fucking studied history. Like, that's not the way the world works. Right. Right. Yeah, man, it, it, it's surely interesting. And man, like it's so when and then when you live in like a a, a community of people that you know, like you don't want to be embarrassed. So like if you got a partner that, you know, everybody knows about and then that person is out there messing around, you're like, man, I don't want to be a part of everyone's cheese, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing when I learned in that relationship, it lasted a few years. I, I wouldn't take it back. It's led me to be the person I am. I wouldn't be, again, wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for me being so sex positive and wanting to change things, you know? I went out on a lot of dates, you know? I met a lot of people. My self-esteem went from being down here to being up here because of the lifestyle, you know? All my insecurities and my flaws just went out the window when I exposed myself to the real world, not into what society told me, but these people that I'm interacting one-on-one with. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I love this topic right here, right now. And I feel like we found your uh, direction for your podcast is relationship advice because you know what you're talking about and you've been through some experiences to where you can attest to a lot of different sides of, uh, you know, these relationships. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's what I'm kind of known for in, with my friends is right. this whole, like, you know, you need advi- uh, like advice for sex or relationship like you are with her, you know, and that's just because I've been to hell and back when it comes to all these emotions of like cheating and betrayal and toxic relationships to the complete opposite. And it is all about how you shift your energy and who you surround yourself with. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Well, let's do a foot commercial and it will come back. I got a, I got a question that I want to ask pertaining to something that we mentioned earlier. So we'll be right back. Shout out to everybody who's uh, dropping by live right now. Be sure to smash that like button. It helps the podcast greatly when you when you smash the like, when you hit subscribe, when you share it with your friends, all that stuff. The comments, even after the live, the comments greatly help. So shout out to everybody that's playing a role in having a fun experience with myself, with Envy Luscious, all the great stuff. And remember, I got her IG information on the screen. If you're listening to this, it's E-N-V-Y-L-I-X-I-O-U-X-X. And it's Nubia Negra. So that's N-U-B-I-A-N-E-G-R-A. So you can probably type that in too and, and find her. 
Also, you can check her out on Soulful Discussions. I wanted to be sure that I shouted out Soulful Discussions as much as possible because I show love to other creators on this podcast. This is not a podcast where I uh, don't show love to other creators. So soulful if you're listening to this podcast i'm trying to have you on this podcast because i'm bringing on creators as well so let's have uh some collaborations i fucking love b b's the great i'm you got you'll have your interview with b <laughs> yeah man I, I i love it i see you over there gigging to the music you're a dancer aren't you I'm a dancer as I look when you're Latina and you got to go to quinceañeras, I'm telling you, at least back in the days, like you need to learn how to dance salsa and like banda and all that shit. So I'm Latina. Like I'm always vibing. It's just what I do. I I've never really been like a big dancer. So like my family, so my mom, she's full Mexican, and but she never really like introduced us to all of the like the traditional Mexican festivities and what have you. So we never like did like for my sister a quinceañera or nothing like that. Uh, the other, you know, my my Mexican family, of course, you know, for their daughters and sons, they did you know all the special ceremonies and everything. But for for us, like we just never did that. Like so, I never even was taught Spanish. And now I know I'm a grown ass man. Now I could go and get Rosetta Stone and all that. And I and I plan on it still. Look, man, shout out to Kobe for being able to learn Spanish and all kinds of different languages. Because that that dude right there, man, like the way he would like answer interview questions in spanish that was like real mamba mentality shit right there i mean those are the perks when you like kind of go to school in europe i mean you i shout out to my europe followings following the italianos my spanish my portuguese my greece they are so smart and multi-talented and they speak a lot of languages so shout out to you guys too I, I respect that so much, and I and I'm uh, envy as well. <laughs> All people who know how to speak so many different languages, like dude, I what I would give to be able to speak like four or five different languages. But hey, you know it's not too late, man. The learning experience is always happening in our lives. I think once we stop learning in any avenue of life, that's you know the moment that you know we put a real roadblock on ourselves. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons where I don't want to limit myself and just be like, I'm just a foot model in this part of the community. I just feel like I'm just so much more. Like, why would you just want to just keep yourself in one little box, you know? And I remember telling my mom, like, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And she said, I didn't know you can dream that high. And instead of being upset, I, I just felt empathy to her. And I was like, wow, like, you really don't know what it's like to be creative in your own mind and have that escape. And that's very important, like, creating content, doing what we like, and it makes us happy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, <clears throat> a lot of a lot of the older generation, you know, unfortunately, you know, they were some of the ones that were told that the only way to to discover happiness is to abide by the rules, is to go to college, get a degree, go get a nine to five job. But our generation, your generation, like these are the times where 
it's it's meant for us now to be creative. We have all of the tools right here in our pocket. So whatever you can dream of and manifest in your mind, you can bring it into your life in so many ways. And the law of attraction is real. I think the vibration with people as the years go on just keeps on getting higher and higher. And mm-hmm. therefore, we're able to achieve more and more. And that's just the evolution of a human being in general. You know, as much as they try to bog us down with different minerals and things in our food and our water and all that stuff. Like there's no way they could stop the the vibration of positivity. So that's happening and it's happening with you. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's all about education and like just sharing it, like being like, Hey, I found this. Why don't you check it out? You know? And that's one thing that I think that my followers have kind of enjoyed like the one-on-one interaction because I do take the time to see who follows me. I want to know who follows me, who follows my content, what is their emotional state and how I can appeal to them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what makes you special. And that's what people are connecting with It's because the vibes on point. Boom, boom, boom. All right. So I got to ask because we mentioned slow dial up Internet about 30 minutes ago. What what was Nubia's? AOL screen name. I never had an AOL screen name, but I remember going into the chat rooms by the time I was 11. So, and I remember that was like, you said your age, your gender and something else. Like, and I remember clearly doing that. I remember putting in a mic, uh, it was like an earphone or something into the mic to try to talk to other people. Like, what's the <laughs> fucking old school shit right there? Oh, it, it surely is. I, are you are you public with your age in by any chance? Yeah, I'll say it. I'm a 90s child. Okay, all right. 90s child. Gotcha. Okay, because I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to figure out if we're on the, uh, if our generation is matched because like with the chat rooms and everything, that's definitely probably about the time that I was going into chat rooms was probably like 10, 11 or something along those lines. But even before that, there used to be party lines on the phone that you can call almost like a popcorn number and you could do like a party I, chat. I had yeah. it too. In middle school. <laughs> Dude. All right, so I'm going to tell you a fucking story, and, and people are going to be like, oh, why is she so hood? All right, so when <laughs> I was in sixth or seventh grade, I, I'm born like literally 1990. Like, I'm a straight millennial. I was in the cusp of fucking looking up catalogs and indexes and writing for the newspaper, okay? And then the internet happened. So I was right at the board of, of just understanding how technology happened. So... Uh, when I was little, I had a P line and I left a voicemail and I had really mean girls leave me some terrible messages and they're like, go back to Mexico. You're a wet bag. You're so oh black. God. No one likes you. That was very traumatizing. And you know what? And I'm glad that when you say like introducing Nubia Negra, I was like, fuck yeah. The shit that they used to make fun of me on the fucking key line, be like, you're a wetback, go back to Mexico, you're so black. And I was like, look at me now, bitch. I'm here. Where are you? Facts. <laughs> and people are appreciating 
the things that they tried to belittle you for, you know, in the past. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of like an alchemist, like turning it from a negative to a positive, turning bronze into gold. That's literally what I've learned my spiritual journey. Right. No, and that's big right there. What's that biggie lyric that, uh, what was that song called? Uh, Turn my uh, negative to positives and it's all good. I think it was called, um, damn, why is it slipping my mind? What's the biggest small song? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't know it by like the actual name, but I know which one you're talking about. Is it Juicy? I'm terrible at names. Yeah. Too. I don't even yeah, know yeah. if I worked in education. Like, honestly, like I had to tie <laughs> an association to remember a kid's name. I was like, you remind me of so and so. Okay, this is how I remember your name. Right, right. I got to ask you, what was, if you can remember, like, do you remember what was on your voicemail? Like, um, the song that would play? You remember, we used to be like, hey, this is so and so. I can't get to the phone right now. See, and then you play like a song for like 30 seconds. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, So when I was in high school, my brother found this phone who it was a Roxy walkie talkie. So Uh I had like a blast on it. And I think I was very into the crunk movement during the mm. early 2000s. I was a flyer girl. I wasn't part of like a flyer crew, but you could have definitely found me and the flyer in East LA for sure. Oh, wow. I would get that shit started. I remember there was one time I kind of like upgraded from 10th grade year doing all the flyers because I went to Garfield High School, which obviously mm. is like infamous. But I went to Garfield High, and then like, obviously we had flyer parties left and right. By the time I was a junior, I kind of like uh, upgraded to like 22, 23-year-olds, and we would do like the craziest things. So when I was 16, I remember being like, I'm going to get this shit started. I remember getting on top of a speaker at like a house party and just fucking lighting it up next to you know the speaker is like right behind a garage these there's probably like three girls that wanted to outdo me got on the roof took off their clothes and just started like doing their shit i got off the speaker fully clothed mind you and i just told my friends who gets shit started here i do (laughs) (laughs) the party started so you you are you are the life of the party. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I am. It looks like you're getting ready to party today. I am. After this, I'm going to hang out with some of my friends. I'm going to go to the Hollywood Hills. I'm a Wiccan. That's my religion. So we're going to do some spells. Um, I'm very big on the LGBT community. So those are my friends. So I'm going to hang out with my trans friend and my gay friend and just be a vibe, you know? So I think when you combine all those elements, when you go out, like, you know, we're coming. (laughs) Next time me and my wife are in LA, I'm going to hit you up and I'm trying to link with you and all your friends. Yeah. I'm telling you, like most people are like, Oh, like the is just like a basic girl. I was like, no, most of my friends are in Hollywood. They're in film. I've always just shied away from it. Like I didn't want to be behind the cameras. I would be the one taking the pictures. But a lot of people don't know when I was in an open relationship, I met a 
lot of amazing, talented people. And when they people think about like an open relationship or swinging, they think about like old people. And it's like, no, like you have no idea who is into yeah. it. Oh, yeah. There's there's a, a wide range of people that are into all that. Could you explain to me what Wiccan is? I've never heard that term before. Uh, a Wiccan is just the religions for being a witch before it just became all trendy and spiritual. Um, it's something I've been practicing for five or six years, being a Wiccan. Um, right behind me, I actually have my altar. Uh, I do pay homage to my deities and people and my guardians. You know, I've had spiritual encounters sober, okay, not fucked up, sober, where I'm just like, this is just weird. Like, this is not normal, um, which led me kind of more into the Wiccan relationship and just being open to the religion in itself, you know? And I come from a very Christian background. My mom forced me to go to church for about 10 years and it was like torture for me. So she was the, like the driven factor of why I studied religion, mm-hmm. particularly, um, particularly women roles in religion. And as I got in older, so many people would just tell me, you know, you're a witch. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what is this? And um, when I found my best friend, my best friend came up to me and it was at a club. All right. So I had just gotten it out of off of prom. It was a goth club. And I was just like all dolled up with like a beaded dress And my friend comes up to me and she's just like, your grandma's right behind you. And I was like, I was like, how does she look like? And she described her to the T. This is a complete stranger. Okay. Mm, Exactly. Exactly. Your face. That was my face. And I was like, yeah. But I believe I believe this kind of stuff happens, though. It happened. So she she went on and described my grandma, and I was like, "You're you're you're like actually something. Like I, you're a complete stranger. I was doing my crazy nonsense, kind of you know, just dancing on the pole when I do." And she just approached me, and she told me that she turns out to be a witch and then she's like you know you're a powerful witch and i was like what like and you know i was like it's been told time after time to me since i was a kid but i never gave into it so now like like i said like i'm a practicing wiccan so what does that revolve around like well doing spell works you know like understanding certain histories of like deities and intentions and understanding the universe And that's been the harder part, you know, because we're so embedded, like God has this plan for you and whatever trials and tribulation God has in store for you. But I think the point that led me to being a wicked was my disability. Mm. Um, My mom has coined it that the devil is is challenging her faith. Mm. And I'm just like, Mom, I'm not possessed by an evil spirit because I suffer from a neurological condition. Right. You know, so that was kind of like the push for me to 
be more open to something that wasn't normal, you know, and be one with nature. So that's what it really comes down to, like having a relationship with nature and appreciating it. It seems like you're just constantly trying to figure everything out, not just yourself, but you're trying to figure out others, whether it's special needs, children, older people, um, yourself, or you're trying to figure out the the energies in, in the spirit world and or what's our purpose here on on Earth, for that matter. It seems like that's like your one of your main motivators and, you know, like wanting to explore a different uh, religion with with Wiccan and trying to discover what more can you discover through practicing that it's, it's truly interesting, honestly, like just hearing all of this stuff. And, you know, most people are like, oh, my God, she's a witch. And like, why doesn't she have a fucking broom or X, Y and Z? And it's just to me, it's just this the, the energy. People are very allured to me. You know, it's it, they'll be like, it's your smile. It's your eyes. And next thing you know, it's like. There's just this little thing. They're like, I can't stop thinking about you. Like little things like that. And I, I would kind of question, um, is it just me? But it actually turns out like a lot of my cousins identified with that. And I do have, ex- I guess you would, and I don't want to sound weird, but it's like I do have gifts where I do have visions you know, and, and dreams that have come true over the years. And that's scary. I don't think it's weird and it couldn't be the furthest thing from weird because all of that stuff really, really, really does exist. There's people who can, um, they're, they're, what do they call the people that talk to the, uh, talk to the other side, um, starts with an M, um, mediums, mediums. Yes. There, those people exist. There's the people who, um, just they do all kinds of different uh, crafts that are on the other, like as far as trying to figure out the other realm and everything. And so I, I believe in all of that. I believe in people having visions, like people who are psychics, card readers, and and all of all of those things for that matter. Like so, all of that stuff is is real. Like it, it's not it's not weird. And I I think that more and more people are starting to see that all of all of this really does exist. Like, it's like, it's mind boggling to me. I got so many thoughts going through my mind right now. I'm like, it's not weird. It couldn't be the furthest thing from weird. Um, Has, has anybody ever questioned if what you're doing is like, like evil in any kind of way? Of course. Everybody says it. You're a fucking witch. What are you doing? I got like a freaking statue of La Santa Muerte outside my house. Like, you know, I, she has her own altar and be like, what the fuck are you doing? My mom were to walk in and be like, oh, my God, the devil is here. I was like, mom, you speak more of the devil than I do. Like, why are you even opening that portal? Um, I'm just very blunt and honest when it comes to that. I was like, I'm a Wiccan. And I think you can just see it from my aura. I just carry myself off in a different way. You know, something online is different when you meet me. A lot of people, when they meet me, you're like, wow, you're a complete different person. Like you're just something about your energy. So uplifting and inspirational. And I think that really comes down to the spirituality that I had to endure through the Wiccan path. You know, it's something that I have followed for the five or six years. Um, Obviously, I've doubled in different realms um, 
being in contact with different things. Like there's been weird scenarios where I'm over a friend's house who, again, who's a witch and something just falls out, out of the shelf that wasn't supposed to, you know? Um, I know uh, I was doing a ritual, a spell when unfortunately one of my cat, my cousins passed away from COVID and there is this light that turned on that never turns on at night. And I made a comment to my friend. I was like, why is that light on? That light never turns on regardless who walks past by it. A few minutes later, I get a text message from one of my cousins letting me know that my 32-year-old cousin passed away from COVID a few minutes ago. What? Yeah. That, that was fucking freaky. I was like, I was literally, I was at a standstill. I was like, that light never turns on. Why is that light on? And just getting that text messages because we were, we were doing our spell and calling our family members who have passed away or ancestors just to protect us. And then that light turns mm-hmm. on. And that's not normal. And then could have been later. your cousin could have been your cousin telling you that um you you now have an extra light watching over you yeah and she's one of the reasons why i want to start the nail salon because i have plans of adopting her daughter when she is of age and bringing her over and traveling with her and hopefully make her model and make her ever like every dream come true to her so she does look like me, but she's taller. So she has the advantage to actually be a runway model. So I, was, I told her, I was like, Mika, like your mom may not be here, but I'm still going to take care of you in the States. Well, that's truly special right there. So let's give, let's give Nubia a round of applause for that. Thank you. Well, it's been such an honor getting to know you on this podcast today and, you know, having a chat, getting to know so much about you, your business ventures, uh, getting to know, you know, about, about your religion, about, you know, the, the things that are dear to you, like, uh, your family also, you know, just, just everything that you got going on is just, it's, it's really special that you came on this podcast to share with everybody. And I know everybody absolutely loves your vibe all the time. So shout out to that. Shout out to you. Um, thank you for also sharing, you know, the, the petty with us on the foot cam. That was awesome too. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and zoom in on that real quick again. <clears throat> um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a great time and, is there anything that you feel like you would like for everybody to know before we got off the podcast today? I just really want to thank everybody for all the love and support that you have given me. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. Honestly, I wouldn't even have an Instagram. I would still probably be thinking about how I'm going to open my business ventures. Um, and thank you for all the kind words. Like you guys are really special to me and you mean something. So that is very very nice of you well once again thank you nubia for being on this podcast and you know hopefully we can do it again in the uh, future yeah no i love it lucky seven seven i don't know if it was the universe my number is seven it means it's, so much it's gotta be it's gotta be the universe and i feel like uh just 
what I said was for real about everything going your way this year. It's because there's a shift in energy and talking to you today more and more is starting to make more and more sense. But I know there's so much more to discover. So I know everybody will be looking forward to that. And what are the ways people can reach you? Um, either Instagram or Twitter. I do have an OnlyFans. It's Nubia Negra 7, Lucky 7. Uh, I will um, luckily, hopefully, reach, uh, branch out on Reddit and a little bit of everything, uh, like clips for you and whatnot. So just stay tuned for that. I was wondering where that other seven was. You just gave it to us right now. 777. Seven, seven. Wow. The wow. Seven. The sevens are so symbolic. You know what? I'll tell you what, right now, all my nieces, all the grandkids in our family are born on the seventh, what? regardless of the month. So that's over four of them. They're born on the seventh. So to me, like seven is so symbolic. That is absolutely, that's amazing to hear. And the fact that you're episode 77, that's crazy right now. I'll tell you, man, there's a shift in the, in the universe happening. Well, thank you. Well, I, I really just want to thank you for even having me on your podcast. I, I've, I've really enjoyed this. This is fun. Like, this is what I wanted my life to kind of be, you know, just sharing my message, uplifting people and making connections. Well, connections are definitely being made. And I hope when you have your podcast uh, that I get an invite to come on because I would love to do some more chatting. So, <laughs> well, thank you for uh, being on here once again. And thank you for everybody for tuning in and being here with us live and dropping all those comments. I'm going to go ahead and do, do some shout outs on our way out. How about we uh, foot marshal our way on out of here? Oh, man, I didn't even notice the comment. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Show <laughs> sure us some comments, man. So thank you. Uh, make sure you smash the like button if you haven't already. Uh, shout out to Chris. Shout out Jeff Newport. Let's see. Nelson in the comments. Shout out to Young M. Smith and Smith. Bart Joyce. Shout out the homie Bart Joyce. Edward Winya. Shout out to you. I see a lot of you are real active in the comments. I like that. Shout out to Heating Woo! Up. <laughs> Shout out to Jamichael Elmore. David Mosley. Shout out to you. He said, get her to do some soul scrunches. Hey, man, that's up to her. <laughs> uh, man, shout out to Manos KF. Yeah, man. I know there's some more in here. A lot of you guys were like having conversations in the comments. Shout out to Danielle Thomas. That's a lot of emojis. Shout out to the large man. <laughs> Shout out to the large man. Hey. Shout out to Amal. Shout out to everybody that's in the comments, man. If I didn't get to you, man, I'll catch you on the next podcast. Shout out to Brian. Just dropped a comment right now. I'm surprised I don't see Tyler in here. Tyler always says, man, could you tell them to see how far they could spread their toes? Uh, well, they, they, <laughs> there you go. Man, shout out to everybody. here, And a big shout out to Envy, man. Thank you for being out here once again. Don't go anywhere, Envy, so I can holler at you after the broadcast. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next episode on Monday at 11 a.m. PST. We're out.